Welcome to the Dog Show Show podcast, presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales and featuring Kim Reader. Ah, oh, welcome to the Dog Show Show. Adam's my name, here with Barb and as always, Kim Reader from the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales. And this episode we're going to talk about food, general grooming tips and the rise of the crate. Sounds ominous, doesn't it? Mm. 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 Scary. So we had a conversation ages ago, and this is why we wrote this down, I think, where you were talking about what to feed dogs and the importance of what you feed your dogs. And which was and, and I remember you talking about the importance of fresh food. Mm-hmm. What what does that mean? What's fresh food? Okay, so I went to the shop yesterday and picked up Yeah, what do you month, feed your dogs? The month's um supply. Yep. Of uh, beef. Um, frozen um, sardines, yeah. big ones, yeah. um, chicken hearts, Ooh. some chicken feet, foot, yeah. foots, whatever, foot. yeah. um, and a little bit of um, chicken. Mm. And basically, that's what they're fed. Mm. I also have um, a supply, fortunately, um, of free bowl of bones which are the big shin bones that are cut in half or cut in quarters, mm-hmm. um, which is very good for the teeth and the um, for the, their anal glands. Because mm-hmm. uh, obviously when this gets all technical now, about if um, when they go to the toilet, if it's a bit firmer, well, then it naturally clears out the anal glands. Yeah. Um, so bowl, <laughs> bowl of bones. Um, sometimes I'll have chicken necks. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well and I just make up um, a plate of, of natural food which I'm sure everybody's seen on the internet or on Facebook um, companies that, that do this but uh, most dog people these days have moved away a bit from the pre-packed and the dry food mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, have come back to using natural stuff like everybody with everything really mm-hmm. um, so basically that's what I feed them um, they, I do feed them uh, four by two biscuits, which are biscuits that really have nothing in them. They're just a plain biscuit. Mm. Sometimes they have garlic in them. Mm. Um, I feed uh, omega three; it's very important, um, and a combination of um, basic minerals and vitamins, not just vitamins minerals are very important Hmm. it's like people you don't overdo it unless there's a deficiency and if your dog looks well and it's like everything the the wellness in the coat comes from it inside Hmm. so if the dog is well the dog's coat will be shining Hmm. the dog will feel fit and the dog will um, not be over or underweight Hmm. unless there's some other issue Hmm. same for people if they're Hmm. You know, eat well, or then I think I saw something the other day on the television where you are what you eat, and mm. it, it, they were saying that it even can affect people's mental health what they eat. Mm. Um, so it's the same for dogs. If you're feeding them rubbish and you know fast food or mm. heavily effect. heavily processed stuff and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and plus a lot of the dry foods come in. From, I, I can't say this. Um, so, 
out. <laughs> we'll edit that part out. Yeah. What you're talking about the the food? Are you cooking? Are they raw? Like, what are we? Raw. We, raw. Well, dogs, okay. You know, they're trying to get back to as natural as possible. Where, um, you know, look, I, I went to New Zealand uh, to stay with a friend of ours that had one of our dogs, and we went out rabbit hunting. The dog caught the rabbit. Um, the lady skinned the rabbit. She popped his eyes. The dog ate the gizzards of the rabbit. Hmm. I'd never seen a coat on a dog ever before or after that dog. Hmm. They lived on natural food, really hmm. natural food. Hmm. Hmm. Um, she took what was left home for the next day for him. Um, he ate it while it was warm. And, you know, people would say, "What? Well, you must be doing something to have a coat on a dog like that and that dog to look like that. Was nothing. It was total natural food, mm. which that's what made me realise that it does work. Mm. So it's just a matter of getting um, all the you know offals good, all sorts of offal, liver. Um, some people use tripe, but there's no real value for them with that. You can put that in as a filler. Mm. Mm. Um, but basically, yeah, just mix that all up and, and give them the four by twos. Um, and everybody will tell you, I mean, I, I was talking to a Jack Russell guy the other week and he was saying he does the same and it's never been so cheap to feed his dog. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm. That's the other consideration, isn't it? Yeah, it's cheaper. It's cheaper than... Yeah, because, yeah, offals are usually cheaper. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that what you feed and... You know, the cost of other types of food is so expensive for mm. 20 kilos mm -hmm. that it's ridiculous. Mm. So he was saying when he added it all up, he, he thought, oh, this is going to be the expensive way and it was the cheaper way. Wow. Because, you know, we, we go to places where we know we can get things cheap as well. Mm. I had a dog years ago that used to feed. There's a, a place that used to sell, they called it pet mints. Mm. And it was, a, I'm assuming it was the, the leftovers just minced up together. But the dog absolutely demolished it. They they loved that pet mint. Yeah, smelled horrible, looked terrible, but they were really absolutely having a ball. That so potentially, and I want to say that was maybe four dollars a kilo or something mm. like that. Like it wasn't expensive. So, well, you know, the, the the actual sort of meat itself has gone up a bit. Yeah, like all meat. Yeah, uh, and the the fact that they have to travel it. Mm. Because a lot of, over the pandemic and so on, a lot of things dried up, the drought, then the rain. Mm. So they, they had a bit of problems accessing it. Mm. But um, at the end of the day, it still turns out to be cheaper and better for them. And it comes through their, um, their, their wellness comes through their coat. Their mm. eyes are brighter, their teeth are better, mm. their skin and coat's better. And um, it's just a better way to feed. So if we, like, We've got Daisy, and Daisy's a mousy. If we wanted to feed her a, a, a raw food carnivorous diet, we we could do things like the offal and the chicken feet and things like that, and that would be something yeah. that, that she would actually really benefit from. What you've got to remember too, though, is what were they reared on as puppies? So if they were reared on, I don't know, people rear them on all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I rear them on a raw diet. Yeah. Uh, they're fine. They go into the next phases of their life with high tolerance. Mm. 
Um, but when you change a diet on any dog for any reason, mm. you'll get the scours and a few things when they're starting to transition into the new mm-hmm. diet because mm-hmm. you're changing the stuff in their belly. Mm-hmm. And so mm. they, 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 they do sometimes react mm-hmm. after a couple of days. What they say is to put the old stuff in with the new stuff and then slowly wean it off. Okay. That's so a don't good tip. Yeah. So we wouldn't have even thought of that. Mm. Mm. Just yeah. change it over slowly until they're on totally the raw. So like I, I used to do, I would do chicken for Daisy, but I'd cook it, but it would be fine to serve it to her raw. It's better for her raw. Okay. Mm. That's interesting. Even though it would kill an adult to eat a, a raw chicken, it's well, they, okay for a dog. They eat their own poo. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they've got a level of tolerance. They, to... they, they, they eat their own poo when there's an enzyme deficiency. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And to, to stop them doing that, um, oh, what's it called? There's a natural product that comes from the bases of the pineapple. Mm. Oh. And you just give them a couple of days and they stop doing it. Wow. Oh, right. So, um... As a judge, if you see a dog with a really shiny coat, mm, you comment. You go, "That's a shiny coat." Uh, are you raw feeding it? And how often are you right? Happened to me the other day with a Saluki. <laughs> I said to the girl as I was going over, "Gee, what a coat! It's beautiful. Look how shiny it is." Yeah. She said, "That'll be the Omega Three. I mean, okay. <laughs> so people are often happy to share it with you. Yeah, fish mm. is very good for them. Fish oil, right? Very good for their coat. Okay." How do you feel about seven days? What do you, what do you think? You're about to become the most well-fed dog in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Um, so you talked about minerals, omega-3. What else do you, do you give your dogs in the sense of... Well, I don't, I don't overfeed them on anything. They're healthy enough. They don't need anything. They're right. a great diet. Okay. There's no deficiencies. Okay. So... I don't even I don't overfeed calcium as puppies. Yep. because um, it causes as much grief as it does good. Mm. Most puppies are if if you feed them the natural diet they're getting enough calcium. Mm. If you overfeed them they knuckle over anyway, so that's always a problem, so you keep your eye out for that. Mm. If you overfeed them calcium or something like mm. that. Mm. But um yeah, in general, um I don't give them extras. Um, unless there's a deficiency or something's happened of some mm-hmm. kind. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when they're puppies, good for, good for the tendons is vitamin C, mm-hmm. but um, it has to be fed with D, which is the arm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these these little things like that, they're good for tendons when things don't look quite right. But in general, you, if you're feeding them properly, they will be healthy. Mm. Where do you stand on... I see this debate online a little bit. Um, you know, when you go to Woolies or Coles and they've got the pig's ears and things like that, the sort of processed thing. Where do you stand on that? Is they, are, they, are there too many chemicals in there? Are they dangerous for a dog? Or uh, is moderation. it or is it a good, yeah, good in moderation? Oh, sometimes you can give them a treat um, of that. Yeah. But, it's, you know, it's a bit like, you know, a treat really. I don't feed... Those things because I feed bones, yeah, mm. or, okay. and carrots. I put carrots as well. I give them a carrot; it's good for them. Right. See if I don't have a bone available right yeah. there, I'll pick up a carrot and give them a carrot. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. I don't sort of go into the processed things like that. I mean, on, on occasion, you might give them a 
a, a, a pig's ear. Though somebody I know gave their dog a hoof mm-hmm. from you can get them dried hoofs. Mm-hmm. Pig trotters. Yep. Yep. Broke a tooth, pulled the tooth out. Mm. Got oh, stuck really? in it, pulled the tooth out. Mm. So, because she was trying so hard to pull it out. Mm. So, you've got to be careful for the mouth management, really. Mm. The best thing is bones. Mm. That cleans their teeth. Some people yeah. recommend those dentist sticks. Mm-hmm. Mine yeah. don't chew them. They just swallow them whole, so no good for the teeth. <laughs> um, so, do you know what I mean? It's all, it's all about what's good for them, what works for them. Mm. We're going to start getting you some bones, Daze. Look at you. Well, people, for people that are listening, Daisy's being nursed at the moment, being held yes. and gently rocked. Yes. She's listening to us. Yes, please. Come on. I want this stuff. Sounds good. <laughs> Bring it on. So shiny coats, is is good diet the only secret? What's the other, oh, the other keys you, to a good coat? Look, a healthy dog, if he runs in the mud and mm-hmm. comes back to you when it dries off, the mud dries, it'll mm. drop off, and the dog will look shiny again. Okay. That's what happens with healthy coats. So having said that, it's, you know, depends on the dog, the length of hair and mm. what breed. Mm. But with Stafford's, you know, we'll give him a bath once a month unless he's going to the show. Mm. But in the main, he doesn't smell. Mm. You know, um, on the change of um, season, sometimes he'll shed. Mm-hmm. But if you sh- you should brush them every day. I brush mine every day, and that prevents that from happening. Mm. Mm. Just get a good, good stiff horse brush. Mm-hmm. Just brush them out. Um, so if you let it go and it's and it's not brushed, you can use a bit of a stripping knife, which is just a stripping thing that you just run through them, and the hair comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm. So with with our breed, I mean, obviously with the nails too. Um, it's important the nails are short, but with any breed, if the nail is the right shape, the nail, the if the foot is the right shape, the nail will be short because when they walk, they strike the ground and that keeps the oh, nails keeps down. It, yeah, yeah, natural filing. Yeah, hmm. if it's correct, if it's not the correct shape and or it's not kept in, a, you know, walking on concrete Regular. on the paths mm. or whatever, it, they will grow. And people do use a Dremel. Which is a little file, yeah. yeah. They use in the hardware, the yeah. hardware stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like the nail lady shoes. Yes. Yeah. And they nail, they'll drill them back, uh-huh. or they'll cut them. Some people are scared to cut them because they might hit the wick. Mm. But um, the dog will let you know if you do that. <laughs> the blood will let you know. <laughs> um, so um, you can put on um, Condi's crystals or something that'll mm-hmm. stop it from bleeding. But um, basically, yeah, it's just. The basic stuff, the ears need to be kept clean. Uh, Stafford sometimes do get some yeast infections. Mm. Um, and there is a new product out. I don't have the name of it. But it's um, if they, people look on Facebook, it's on there for, for that to keep the, the yeast infections down. But that's usually an allergy. And if you're feeding them right, it doesn't usually happen. doesn't happen. Mm. Mm. Or the other thing is, is that if it's very, very wet, they can, that, that can, it's like a, an allergy, a reaction to the the wet, wet like yeah. a fungi mm. yeah. so um basically yeah if you're feeding them properly that shouldn't happen mm. um but uh, there are mm. issues people say with coat problems in staffords i i've never experienced it mm. but um it's all about um feeding them without chemicals and 
things mm. like that and, mm. and things that are inflammatory, mm. things that will inflame their system. Mm. So natural stuff like meat and offal and bones doesn't upset their system. Mm. Did you hear that, Days? Diet's changed the food, Days. <coughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so as a judge, like, you're looking at, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you are, it sounds like a, feels like a dumb question, but you're looking at the nails, you're looking at those details on that animal as you're, as you're showing it? Well, feet in a lot of breeds, well, most breeds, is very important. Mm. Um, it's part of the standard, and when you go for the purpose, mm. the, the foot's that shape for a reason. Mm. I think we mentioned off-air before that, um, you know, the, the Saluki and those sort of ancient breeds need to go through the sand or climb the rocks, and mm -hmm. that's why their feet are the shape they are. Yep. Um, and all the people who set down the standards had a purpose when they said, Mm. You know, that the Stafford should have a slightly turned out pastin in the shape of his feet. Mm. So, yeah, so the nails are, are very important and um, because if you can imagine, uh, you, can't, you, well, you can't even walk properly if your nails are long and curled under. Yeah, of course. Mm. So, yeah, so it's very important that they're, they're looked after properly. Mm. Um, you know, they don't have any eye issues in, in our breed. Um, some breeds, they have a bit of pink eye. Um, mm. There's things to clear that up, mm. um, but yeah, generally in Staffords they're very easy to look after. The, we used to call them the wash and wear dog, because <laughs> <laughs> you just give them once over and away they go. Yeah, just just you don't have to even dry them. Yeah, really. But mm. um, we wash them um, with tea tree shampoo usually. Yeah. Um, eucalyptus wool wash. It's a good one. They're good with that, yeah, yeah. as long as they've got no allergies. Yeah. Um, and um, basically, that's all they need. Yeah. Not a conditioner or, or anything. Like that. Just yeah, because the 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 health should be coming from inside. Yeah. What's it like to wash them? Are they okay? <laughs> so I asked that because I was at the pet shop a while back, and someone was washing. I feel like it was husky, and mm. this thing sounded like it was being. Dabbed. Like it I'm was screaming. screaming. <laughs> <laughs> like, is are they they sooks or are they okay? Or does well, it depend? <laughs> well, they're all different. Yeah. Some like the water, some don't. I yeah. remember years ago, a couple of guys came and they both had um, puppies from us and they turned up one day with their dogs to show us and one was really disappointed. He said, I take mine surfing uh, and it just sits on the rock and cries. Mm. And he takes his surfing. And it goes out on the board and goes surfing with him. Right. What's the problem? Yeah. He doesn't like to surf. Yeah. It's, we're all different. Some so people like heights, some people don't. That's right. So some, some dogs like the bath and yeah. some don't. Yeah. So um, everybody has different ways of washing them. Some people will just, you know, get the hose and wet them down and pour the shampoo on and go for it. Um, I have a hydro bath. Yeah. And they love that because it's warm and all the water, mm. yeah. you know, massages them. Yeah. Um, other people just put them in the bath. But um, again, it comes from doing things early. Mm. Yeah. So what they're socialised and trained to do yeah. from young. So when they're puppies. little, if you give them a bath, mm. even when they're little, look, to be honest, our puppies will swim in the bath. Tiny, when they're eight weeks, we'll just put them in the tub and I, and I put them in the swimming pool and get in with them, give them a swim. 
Wow. I love it. Yeah. And then, and, and I've never had them not love it as a puppy, but mm-hmm. I've not, others that haven't done that have not liked it older. Yeah, when yeah. they're adult, older yeah. dogs. Yeah. So yeah. The, I just, makes sense. just swim them in warm water, you know. Mm. They love it. So they just go for oh, look, Who doesn't love a nice warm bath? Like a spa bath. Like, honestly, I'm not yeah. joking. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. a turbo tub. Yeah. Mm. Get the jets on. Give them some puppy milk or something like that. I'm sure they'd have a ball. Yeah, give them a, put, a, put a piece of cheese in there. Yeah. They love cheese. Oh. I'll go in after the cheese. Oh. <coughs> so, um, you might buy a spa bath as well, Dace. What do you reckon? Just just train it. Well, the thing is, is when they don't like something, it's about positive reinforcement. So the whole time they're not liking it, you're giving them something they do like. Mm-hmm. So they can be standing there eating some cheese out of your hand while they're not liking it. Mm. And thinking mm-hmm. this isn't as bad as I thought it was. I'm liking this cheese. Mm. So mm. it takes their mind off it and gets them accustomed to mm. the positive stuff of things. Mm. It's I'm big on positive reinforcement. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's really become something in the last few years, hasn't it? In the sense of, you know, the old the old idea used to be if you know if a dog weed on the floor you rubbed its nose in the weed and whacked it yeah threw it outside yeah but that fear-based thing it doesn't actually teach it anything it just teaches it to be scared of you no that's right it was sort of implemented here by a lady a stafford lady in tasmania who started it the positive reinforcement training Mm. show world Mm. sadly she um passed away not long after and so someone else picked it up Mm. but um Barbara Mead was her name. She was so excited when she found it, I remember. Hmm. She was talking to us about it and, you know, just just give it a try, see what happens, and, hmm. and we did. Hmm. Um, and I, I just, you know, it's just all about that now with people. They don't go hmm. crook on dogs anymore. Hmm. It's about if the dog is that naughty, you, if you turn your back on it, it will stop it. Because hmm. hmm. all it wants to do is please you. Yeah. Really. Hmm. Yeah, it, 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 look, there's similar concepts in, in parenting oh, and it? in behaviour support. Well, I mean, not turning your back on your kid, but <laughs> but, but the idea that, you know, smacking a child teaches the child just to be scared of the response. It doesn't teach it the right thing to do, you know, rather than smack them for doing something wrong. We'll take them and teach them the right way to do it mm. and then positively, you know, give them reward. The, the reward or the praise when they do it. Mm. So Not you know. no reward, no reward. Don't do it right, no reward. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. You get it right, you get the reward, you get mm. the praise. So you know, when the dog sits down and it does what it's supposed to do, you give it the pat on the head and go, "Good boy or good girl," and it's gone. Okay, cool. I've done that well. Mm. Yeah, as I said, and I certainly know. Well, in... it's Pavlov's dog, isn't it? Mm. Positive reinforcement. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Bell goes, and the dog gets the thing. Mm. Dog gets the, what, the what treat. Is... The treat. That's the word I'm looking the, for. The That's the why thing. you're here. That's right. For it's all about timing, remember. isn't it, though? That's the mm. thing. You can't give it to it half an hour later. No, but that's right. <laughs> You've got to be right at the time. That right away. Mm. Yeah. Or not too early either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the other thing we mentioned in the last episode, and we chatted briefly about this off air, was the rise of crates. And I said to you, I don't remember, I didn't have an extensive ex- history with dogs growing up, but I had enough, but I don't remember anyone having crates. And, and crates being such a big thing. And you're pretty old now. I'm very well. I've got an adult adult child now. I'm very old. Ooh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
No, but you've got a husband that's got an adult child. That makes you even older. Mm. But the... Um, <laughs> Can't work that one out. Yeah, no, no. yeah. What does it say? You're only as young as the woman you feel, but she's only two weeks younger than me, so I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, what crates? Why are crates important for a dog? What what makes them so valuable in terms of having a dog? Well, I think things change. You know, in the old days, people used to just their their dogs just used to have a litter under the house. Yeah, and whatever came out came out. Yeah. Um, I can remember dogs being chained to like hills hoists and things like that growing up, and yep. dogs were outdoors. You didn't dogs weren't inside. That's mm. right. They were outside, and they were chained up outside a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. on a long chain, and which is all sort of outlawed it's now, which is a good sad. thing. Yeah. Um. But um, for the crates for for dog shows and things, you know, when we first went to shows, there weren't crates. Mm. Um, you went with your umbrella and your dog mm. and your chairs and basically um, you just sat there and waited to go in. Mm. So, that so was, the dogs are out in the elements there. Yeah, well, the, we shoved them under the umbrella and did the best. But I don't know, it didn't seem to be as hot then. But let's not go down that track. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> so, um, but basically... Um, then it changed that people started to bring tra- crates to the show. Mm. And I think the, the the thinking behind it was is it constrained them, it contained them. Mm. And uh, through, you know, people researching and understanding dog behaviour much more, uh, they've come to the conclusion that the, the, the crate is the dog's lair. Mm. And everybody likes a space mm. for their own, you know. Mm. The men go to the shed... The women, we were laughing before, we don't know where they go, they're too busy. Um, (laughs) They definitely don't go to the kitchen because that would be outdated, sexist thinking. (laughs) Correct. He mentioned that earlier in our private conversation and Kim and I nearly jumped on his head. (laughs) Which is even funnier considering you don't cook and I do all the work in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) I can cook, I just don't. I didn't say you couldn't cook, I I said you don't. But that, that, that's it. That's its, that's its little safe space. That's right. That it gets to go into. Well, you might notice, you notice that, you know, if you leave the crate door open and you look around and the dog's had enough, he's gone to his crate and got into bed. Mm. There's some space to get away from you all. Mm. Um, and overnight, that's where they go to sleep. If they're not on the bed. Mm. You can't have everybody on the bed. And uh, so there'll be nobody, no room for you. Um, it's happened. <laughs> for all of us. Um, so they go there and they know that's their lair. Um, and as I say, it contains them. We take them in them to the shows in them because um, it's safer. Yeah. Uh, and as I said before, it's there's Easier laws. to transport them in the car. Yeah. And yep. they feel safer. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody rang me the other day. They're having a bit of trouble with their dog in the car and it was a sudden thing and I said well just put a crate in put some you know things in that he likes maybe mm. something food mm. and put him in there and um, see what happens he'll he'll probably be very comfortable knowing that he's in his mm. safe space who knows mm. maybe the car swung around in it you know even though he might have been in his seatbelt yeah um, you know might have swung around or whatever and upset him. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. So they feel quite safe in the crates. 
um, you know, crates are used for travel. Uh, the airlines have particular guidelines on those. Mm-hmm. Um, given that over the years people have lost dogs on aircrafts. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and basically, yeah, so that's, I think it's come from the fact that humans have learnt more about their best friends mm. and what's best for them. Mm. I'd imagine that, <clears throat> like I'm assuming you're taking the crate from your house, putting it in the car with the, the, the bedding and the toys and the familiar things. So probably helps them to calm a little bit and perform mm. better yeah, because they they've got that, that familiarity, yeah. that space, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. They feel like, yeah. They would, they would. It's it's um, hard for them. I don't agree with them being in the seatbelts. I think I do think it's unsafe that they wobble around the car. Mm. Yeah, I know. I've had some climb onto my lap while I'm driving. Um, <laughs> you can't get them off, um, especially if you're in there by yourself. Mm. We we were joking, we were reminiscing the other day when Daisy was a pup and we first started bringing her into the car, and we did have a little crate, and eventually she got the ability to climb out of the thing, um, and and so. I think you were there one day and we had the crate and we had the top open, but she'd climbed out and ended up on your shoulder. She was hanging off my head, <laughs> screaming in my ear. <laughs> was, it was one of the first times I'd taken her in the car and she was just manic and crying and just hanging off my hair. Oh, really? Yeah, and thank goodness she doesn't do that anymore. You were on your own in the car. and Yeah. Yeah, but um, she's super chilling in the car now. So I think for her it was also just a matter of getting used to the process and I'd imagine it'd be really scary. Like, mm. you know, you don't know where you are. Yeah, what now you're she doing. just gets in and goes to sleep. But yeah. back then she was beside herself about it. Yeah, yeah that's right. It mm. takes training and mm. repetition and, you know, habit. Yeah. 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 We don't have crates though, but yeah, she's um much better now. <laughs> much better. <laughs> yeah. You felt like you were torturing her. Mm. Um, so in terms of in terms of the the crates I mean what size are we looking at different sizes for different dogs is there a a dimension that's ideal or you should be looking for something that is what double the height of your dog or something like that or it's just whatever you think your dog's going to feel comfortable with well it's about giving them enough space to yeah. be able to lay down comfortably, yep. sit up comfortably, stand up comfortably. Yep. Mm. So you just make sure that you, I mean, a lot of people take their dog and put them in the crate to check. Yeah. Um, mm. Just to make sure it's the right size and they're comfortable and right. they lay down in it comfortably and stand mm. up. Mm. So that's the main thing. Um, for myself, I like to have open crates, you know, the wire ones that just really big spaces, they don't. And if they're a bit um, uneasy with what's around them, we just put a cover on it. Mm. Um, I'm not. I don't really like the ones that are totally closed in. Mm. Um, well, they can't see what's happening. Going on, yeah. Mm. Um, because it's you know can be daunting. Some dogs like to have the dark. Mm. Everybody's different. Mm. Same as people. Some people sleep with a light on. Some people yeah. don't. Yeah. So. Right. At the end of the day, the dogs are the same, whatever they're comfortable in. But for m- myself, uh, that's what my dogs prefer. Um, if they are making like a lot of noise and won't go to sleep or anything, covering them over, or if they're sitting there barking, being naughty, um, covering them up is ideal because when they can't see you, they stop it. Mm. 
It's an, another tactic for our little yappy one over mm. there. Well, Nobody to bark at. Yeah. We swore we'd never have a dog in the bed, and Kim's just basically described our life. Dog in the bed, light on, and me quite a few times having slept in the spare room because there's a wife, a child, and a dog all in my bed. That's right. And and daddy's lying on the edge. There's no room left. <laughs> Barely able to move. <laughs> oh, I reckon that's I reckon that's the uh, the finish. Thanks very much for everyone. Thank you. <laughs>